Welcome to the Click Podcast. I'm Danny Watson, a mindset and manifestation expert and founder of The Click, a company that helps women overcome their fears and limiting beliefs to create a life and business that they love. Within this podcast, I will help you get clear on what you want, identify the blocks that are holding you back, transform your mindset and raise your vibration so that you can co-create magic with the universe. If you are looking to design a life that truly sets your soul on fire and manifest more success and abundance, then you are in the right place. Hello ladies and welcome to a brand new episode. Now, I want to start this episode with a little bit of a story because I think there's many ladies here who will listen to this story and perhaps resonate with this. So whether you are somebody that is in a corporate job, you know, a nine to five or somebody that's running your business, have you ever experienced it where things have been very, very full on within your work? So maybe you've been experiencing times of stress or there's been a lot of pressure or you've really been, you know, putting in a lot of hours And you've been thinking to yourself, oh, I just cannot wait for this time off where I'm going to relax. So maybe that time off is a holiday you're looking forward to. Maybe it's a weekend where you just plan to really just zone out and do nothing and just really switch off. So there has been countless episodes in my working life and also my life as a business owner and entrepreneur where I've had this experience where things have been full on and I've been looking forward to that time off. And then I've shifted into that what should be a relaxing phase. And it's almost like I've just felt totally disconnected, disconnected from myself, disconnected from my purpose. A moment that was meant to feel really joyful, you know, relaxing. It's supposed to be, you know, a happy thing to do, an enjoyable thing to do. It's almost like I felt numb in those moments. I've not only been disconnected from myself, but I've also been disconnected within my relationships as well. So often that time out that we take, Often we want to be able to have that time out because we want to prioritize intentional time with loved ones. So maybe it's that holiday where you're thinking, I'm going to really reconnect with my family or with my partner. Maybe it's the weekend and thinking I'm really wanting to you know, reconnect with my friends, my, my social circle. Yet there is something that is not allowing you to be fully present within those relationships. It's almost like you feel sort of numb or disconnected from those relationships. You perhaps don't necessarily feel yourself. Maybe it's a feeling of, you know, losing your sense of self, your sense of identity. Uh, Maybe you're feeling very distracted. So you're perhaps trying to switch off, trying to, let's say, relax, but your mind is kind of constantly distracted. You're daydreaming. Maybe it's that feeling of time is passing and you kind of don't really know where that time has gone. So I know that this often happens with a weekend where if you've had a very, very full on week with your work and then it comes to the weekend and you want to switch off and then all of a sudden it's Sunday evening again and it feels like just time has passed and you don't really feel like you know where that time has gone and it's like you've just been kind of in this sort of daydream of the weekend and all of a sudden you blink and it's over you're like, well, how did I get here? We're back now on Monday morning again. So I've definitely experienced all of these things. And what I've learned to realize is what I 
previously thought was me taking time out to switch off and relax was actually me dissociating. So dissociation is everything that I've pretty much just described. It's this feeling of kind of being disconnected from your body, um, you know, feeling disconnected from yourself and the world around you, that mentally spaced out feeling, you know, where you're perhaps daydreaming, where you just kind of feel so foggy, you know, you just kind of feel like, oh, that like, the word that I often describe it is meh. <laughs> I just feel meh. I'm not really sure what I'm experiencing. I'm not necessarily experiencing something negative, but I'm certainly not experiencing joy. It's kind of that flat middle ground where you're just like, ugh. <laughs> I think that's probably the best sound to describe it as well. Like, ugh. I'm, you know, feeling numb, struggling to feel connected to others, your mind going blank, you know, constantly being distracted. That's what dissociation looks like. When we are truly relaxed, on the other hand, that's when we are, you know, it actually feels good. That's kind of the first clue. It feels good. We're very much present in the moment, intentional with the moment. We can kind of know what's going on around us. We're not spaced out. We're connected to our body. So we're aware of bodily sensations. It's that feeling of mindfulness um, we have low tension and anxiety, you know, we're not kind of constricted when we're relaxing. We're really kind of breathing and feeling into that, that moment, letting go of tension, letting go of stress, letting go of anxiety. Um, when we have been truly relaxing, once we come out of that relaxation, we're going to feel restored. We're going to feel re-energized. And maybe you've experienced this too, where you've had a really relaxing weekend, where you've been really conscious and present with what you've been doing. You know, you've been consciously relaxing. You've been, you know, being very mindful of how you're feeling in the moment. You're not just zoning out, but you are fully tuning in. And afterwards, you feel really restored and really re-energized. Now, what was kind of a big wake-up call for me is that I realized that during my morning ritual, which is a process for me that helps me to not only relax, but really connect with myself, really connect with what I want with, my, with life, and it's really a signal for me to be kind of fully intentional and present about the life I'm creating first thing in the morning. So rather than that automatic switching on, you know, autopilot of life, of just doing the doing the things, you know, getting up, getting a coffee, scrolling through Instagram. It's my, you know, conscious decision to be like, okay, I'm going to sit with myself for 20 minutes, 30 minutes this morning, and I'm going to do this routine. And it was almost like the routine had become this opportunity for me to dissociate. Because in that moment, I was no longer fully conscious and present with my body, but I was drifting off. I was feeling numb. I was really struggling to get to that high vibe place, which I'd been in previously when, you know, my morning routine, it made me feel good. It made me feel so connected to my higher self. It made me feel so excited. I could actually feel, you know, that, that vibration rising within me. You know, I was feeling so optimistic about my future. But then it got to a point where it was almost like I was just going through the motions of this morning routine. And it's because I was approaching it and I was in this dissociated state. So maybe you've experienced this as well, where a morning routine or a ritual that you've got that initially was something that made you feel incredible, that energized you, that made you feel deeply connected to yourself and to your goals and to your purpose, that routine has now almost become 
um, you know, a, a way to kind of numb out. It's something where you're just going through the motions. You're not necessarily feeling anything from that morning routine. If you're experiencing this, it may be a good sign that you are actually dissociating. Now, dissociation, what it is, it's a psychological defense mechanism. Um, and it's often a response to a traumatic event. So this could be something traumatic that's happened in childhood. But trauma can actually be categorized in lots of different ways. So it may be that for somebody, their trauma is experiencing long, prolonged um, periods of chronic stress, maybe overworking, being in very overwhelming situations. Dissociation then manifests itself as a coping strategy. So let's say you've been experiencing, you know, long periods of stress for a very long time. So maybe that's kind of all you know. Maybe that's your emotional home. You know, you struggle to really switch off. You struggle to relax. You know, you're always in this kind of heightened sense of arousal, this flight or fight fight mode, especially when it comes to your work. And what happens is that our nervous system then becomes deregulated. And dissociation, it's a coping mechanism in response to feeling unsafe. So a normally regulated nervous system, it can experience stress, but once the stress is gone, it will return to normal. So when the, you know, the anxiety disappears, when it's passed, um, the nervous system will return to normal. Now, this period where you have this ability to engage in self-regulation, so your, you know, your nervous system returns back to normal again, it's called the window of tolerance. And Normally through a typical day, we're going to go through several cycles of this um, during a day. So we'll be exposed to potential stresses, potential, you know, threats or anxieties. Um, We'll have this heightened nervous system, um, but then it will very much go back to normal again once, you know, the stress goes away. Now, the window of of tolerance is, this is our optimal zone of arousal for a person to function in everyday life. So when a person is operating within this zone, this window of tolerance, they're able to effectively manage and cope with, or, you know, or control their emotions and their stress. So they have more room to let the stressful things happen. They can come and go and, you know, it might affect them for a short while, but it's not going to be this long lasting, prolonged, heightened sense of arousal. Now, when we are experiencing chronic stress or, you know, very much these long periods of stress or anxiety or worry or overwhelm, and we are outside of our window of tolerance, our window, it actually starts to close. And maybe you've experienced this where you you just feel like you cannot take any more. You're so full in terms of your, your stress window of tolerance. And then this is when we can actually then become dissociated. Um, now when your window of tolerance is small and you're not in the presence of any actual threat, but your body thinks you are. So it's almost like there's nothing to be stressed about. There's nothing to feel anxious about, but your body constantly feels like it's in this, you know, exposed to danger. So your body is constantly operating from this fight or flight response, despite the fact there's nothing there in, you know, in your immediate world to feel stressed or anxious about. And this is when your nervous system deregulates. And then dissociation will then happen as a coping mechanism in response to this feeling unsafe.
So we're in this heightened sense of emotion because deep down we do not feel safe. There's something there that's telling us it's not safe to relax. You know, you've got to be on your guard, even though there might not be anything, you know, physically present around us that is an immediate threat to us. So a part of actually healing dissociation then, um, there's practical things that we can do in the moment. But really, the, the key thing is to get to the root cause of this pattern of why we feel unsafe, you know, why we feel like we're on our guard, why we can't fully switch off, why we're in this heightened state of arousal. Now, when I started to digging into my own personal patterns, a couple of things came up for me, which maybe you'll resonate with as well. So one of the first things was that as a child, it was never really, I never really felt fully safe to relax at home. So there was a few things that contributed to this. First of all was explosive parenting that I experienced. Um, You know, I had loving, warm, kind parents, but my mother, I've spoken about this before, she was raising me and my two sisters pretty much solo because my dad worked away an awful amount. And, you know, we were all quite close together in age. And, you know, we didn't have a huge amount of money growing up. So we were at home a lot of the time. Um, You know, it was a bit of a different landscape back then. You know, we weren't always going on these like incredible trips like I do with my kids and doing all of these amazing things outside of the house. We spent a lot of time indoors, which I know now being a mother, how stressful that can be. So there was definitely that element of explosive parenting and it was very um, unpredictable. So what that meant was we kind of never really felt like we were able to truly relax because, you know, we were kind of treading on eggshells because we didn't want there to be sort of an argument or for our mum to tell us off. So, you know, we were often made to feel like, you know, we had to be on our guard all the time. And so this was deeply programmed from a very early age that it is not safe to truly relax. Now tied in with that, um, you know, my mum was somebody that really wanted the best from us. She really kind of wanted us to really make the most of our lives. And so just chilling out at home at the weekends was never really an option. We had to either be helping out in the house or we had to be, you know, playing outside, doing something productive. We were very rarely allowed to just sit and zone out and watch television. And if we were, it could almost be snatched away out of our hands very quickly. So my mum would come in and say, right, come on, guys, you've got to be outside. You've got to be doing this. Turn the TV off. And it would be this very frantic, right, you've got to change now, get out and, you know, go out and play or whatever. And so again, this kind of left us feeling like, you know, there was always, always could be a moment where when we were relaxing, we would kind of be very quickly shifted out of it. And yeah, this feeling of not really feeling safe to just kind of fully disconnect. Now, this is um, something that I started to unpack with one of my coaching clients recently. And what actually came up for her, which again, something you may resonate with as well, was feelings of shame and unworthiness when she was doing nothing. So her memories from a child were very much always being compared to her sister, who was like the golden girl, the golden child, who did everything right, was very much a high achiever at school. And there was many comparisons made between her and her sister that made her feel not good enough. And she naturally wasn't, you know, very academic and so really struggled in 
a school environment and some of the phrases that she heard from her parents were like, you know, why can't you be more like your sister? You know, why can't you study hard like your sister and get the results that your sister's getting? And so these kind of remarks made her feel shameful. They made made her feel like worthless, made her feel like she wasn't good enough. And her response to that was like, well, I'm just going to try as hard as I can because maybe I'm not naturally clever, but if I try really, really, really hard, then maybe this will make my parents proud. So she got into this cycle of constantly feeling like she needs to prove herself by doing, you know, going above and beyond everything with her work, you know, with everything that she does in life. But that never, ever felt like it kind of made a difference. It kind of always felt like no matter what she did, it was never good enough. So when we started to unpack some of this, what we realized was that she really struggled to switch off and do nothing because it felt shameful. It felt like I'm not going to be accepted. I'm not going to be loved. You know, this is the only way to kind of get my parents' attention, to get my parents' approval, to show to them that I am good enough, I can be, you know, as good as my sister. Her feelings of not being safe to relax, what they were actually then deeply rooted in was this fear of rejection. And obviously as a child, if we are being rejected by you know, the people that are supposed to care for us the most, you know, even if it's a just a perceived rejection that is going to cause us to not feel safe. And, you know, especially when we're a young child and the person, the people rather, that we rely on to make us feel safe are, you know, our parents, our immediate caregivers. And if we're feeling like we're being rejected by them because, you know, we're not enough, we're not good enough, then again, this is going to create these these feelings of not being safe. And these then can then continue into our adult life where it feels like we have to keep going, we have to keep doing, we have to, you know, keep working hard because it's not safe to stop. Another client I was working with when we started diving into this work, um, her memories were around her parents always arguing. So it was a very volatile, you know, explosive household where um, it was, you know, often these arguments between her mum and dad. And she remembered feeling like, well, I don't want to do anything wrong here. I want to try and keep the peace. Um, So I am going to try and be, you know, the best behaved child that I can be, because I just don't want to add to what's already a lot of drama within this household. So she took on that good girl identity where she did everything in her possible path to, to please others or to specifically to please her parents. So as a way to almost counterbalance the explosiveness, the arguments that were happening in her, happening in her household, she committed herself to being that good girl, to never ever putting a foot wrong, to never ever be somebody that would cause an argument. If anything, she, you know, she wanted to be this peacekeeper, but that led into these sort of people-pleasing tendencies. And then what that translated into was that if I am not people-pleasing, if I'm not being the good girl, it is not safe for me because this was kind of attached to this explosive household which where she didn't feel safe 
you know, within that, that sort of argumentative environment. Now, one of the things that we were doing as a part of our time working together was working on her people-pleasing tendencies, her inability to put in, you know, adequate boundaries in place, over-giving herself to others, you know, not necessarily um, standing up for what she wants, even though she knows that it's right because, you know, she's got this real um, need to feel like she needs to keep the peace all the time. Now, what was really interesting was that as she started to shift some of these people-pleasing tendencies and to reinforce stronger boundaries, she actually started to witness high levels of stress and anxiety to the point where it was making her feel really numb. So almost experiencing dissociation. So she was integrating these new habits of behavior that were supposed to be serving her. Things like, you know, letting go of people pleasing, putting better boundaries in place. But on the flip side, she started to feel this sort of low level anxiety um, and stress when she was thinking, well, there's not really anything to feel stressed about. We started to unpack where that came from. And the breakthrough for her was that People-pleasing was almost her defense mechanism. It was a way to make her feel safe. Stress and anxiety was starting to build because she'd let go of that habit. She no longer had this protective you know, mechanism to turn to. Then after experiencing sort of being in this stressed, anxious state for, you know, a a few weeks, she started to recognize patterns of dissociation where she was starting to actually feel numb, where she was sort of zoning out without her people pleasing tendencies to act as a buffer. She was starting to reconnect back with um, memories and experiences of being a child and having, you know, these really explosive parents who were always arguing and coming back to those feelings of being unsafe. So dissociation, again, was this defense mechanism as a way to counterbalance those feelings of being unsafe. So healing this pattern of dissociation, then, it requires us to teach the body and the mind that it is safe in this moment. Now, there's a few practical things that could help, but kind of as we've started to discuss, what we really need to do is identify and heal the pattern at the root cause. So understand where that feeling of unsafe actually, you know, derives itself from. Where does the chronic stress originate from? This constant need to kind of be doing things all of the time and operating always from that place of stress. You know, stress being your emotional home, where does that actually originate from? Because we repeat what we don't repair. So it's really getting to the thing, um, the issue at the course, cause. Now, this is a process, it's going to require patience, it's going to require compassion. It's recommended you work with somebody to guide you through this process. So this is a lot of the work that I actually do with my own clients. But on a more practical level, there's things that we can do to teach the body and mind to feel safe. Now, something that Um, has definitely worked for me and it's something that I realise that I require in order to fully relax is time by myself. Now, ideally for me, that is going to be time where nobody else is in the house with me. And this again ties back to, you know, my childhood where if somebody else was at home, my my mum was at home, I never felt like I could fully switch off. Um, You know, so it was almost like as soon as I had the house to myself, it was like that, ah, and now I can finally relax. So it cannot happen every day for me because, you know, I 
work from home. My husband works from home as well. Um, we have a live-in nanny that is here with us as well. My daughter, my youngest daughter is at home a lot of the time. We often have people in the house coming and doing like working things or, you know, cleaners and things. So to get a completely free house for me is very much luxury, but I've realized it has become one of my non-negotiables that I need at least once on a weekly basis. So if you can get that for yourself, try and see if you can find, maybe you have this all the time, maybe you're blessed enough to be able to get real time to yourself where you know you're not going to be interrupted, where you know nobody else is going to come in and distract, distract you from you know your meditation. But if you don't, See if you can get that window, even if it's just for 10 minutes. You know, maybe you have children and maybe your husband or whoever takes them out of the house, for, even if it's just 10 minutes. So you just kind of know, okay, this is my time. If you can't get that, maybe it's just being firm with your boundaries and saying, look, this is my time for me. It's going to be 10 minutes, 20 minutes, half an hour, whatever you can manage, um, where I don't need, I can't have any distractions, you know, unless of course it's an emergency, but this is my time and I'm going to be going upstairs into my room. I'm going to be closing the door and I would really appreciate if there's no distractions for the next half hour. So just getting really firm on your boundaries so that you can actually get that time with yourself to truly relax as you need. And then also using a mantra as well. So for me, what's really helped, very, very simple mantra is it's safe for me to relax. And every time that I am about to do something that's meant to be relaxing, a morning ritual, meditation, a walk in nature, reminding myself that it's safe for me to relax. And actually just setting reminders throughout my day to just check in with myself and say, you know, it's safe for me to relax. Just having those intentional moments throughout the day where I'm just checking in with my body. Am I breathing properly? You know, or am I doing short, shallow breaths? Is my body tense? You know, often I will be working. There's nothing stressful about the work that I'm doing, yet I'd be sat there as if my life dependent is dependent on it. My jaw is clenched, my tummy's, stomach's tight, my shoulders are hunched. Anybody would look as if like I'm, you know, under this really high pressured project and I could actually be doing something that's, you know, really quite easy and supposed to be quite fun. So reminding myself to sort of check in with myself throughout the day, you know, what is my body doing? Being mindful of what I'm experiencing in that moment. And again, just reminding myself it is safe to be relaxed. Um, Practicing mindfulness as often as possible. So especially with the simple tasks, Every time you wash your hands, for example, you know, actually feeling the water on your hands, being fully present in the moment, um, you know, feeling the warmth of the water, feeling the soap when you dry your hands, actually feeling the towel and really paying attention to everything that you're feeling. So practicing these mini mindfulness moments um, can be especially powerful when you are experiencing dissociation. And then using breath work, what breath work is going to do, it's going to activate the parasympathetic nervous system. <clears throat> so this is the nervous system that actually promotes rest, promotes digestion. Um, so a very simple box breath could work here in for four counts, hold it for four counts and then out for three counts and doing that intermittently throughout your day. So it doesn't 
need to just be, oh, this is something I do in the morning. You can, it's simple enough that you can use it throughout your day as and when you need it, just as a way to reconnect to your body and again, to activate that parasympathetic nervous system. Now, this work, it features very heavily in the work that I do as a feminine leadership coach. So typically my clients as a feminine leadership coach, they are executives, professional women, they are business owners, they are CEOs. But actually, I'm also seeing more of a trend as well of women who aren't necessarily wanting this work in terms of their advancing their career, but it's more about becoming a leader within their own life within their relationships, within how they're showing up for themselves. Now, a big part of the work involved in feminine leadership coaching is this correlation between stress and productivity and and getting results and this inability to just allow things to be easy, allow things to be joyful. And so I find often with my clients is that they enter these dissociated states because they've been operating in a place of stress for so long that that just, it almost feels like that is their normal. Perfectionism is something that also comes up as well. Um, And again, that then ties in with the inability to just slow down because we feel like we need to be constantly proving ourselves to be the best version, the most perfect version of ourselves because we're so afraid of, you know, being vulnerable or people seeing our flaws or, you know, feeling like we need to prove prove ourselves worthy um, of success, of, you know, creating an amazing life. And so perfectionism tendencies creep in. And again, these can lead us to, you know, operate from this place of stress, overworking, people-pleasing, not putting in adequate boundaries. Um, So yes, it all sort of ties in together. But if you are somebody that resonates with this and you are wanting to dive deeper, um, I will link in the show notes how you can how we can work together within she leads my feminine leadership program so maybe you're wanting to experience this for yourself or equally maybe you are wanting to get trained in this work so you can start facilitating it with your clients um, all of the information will be popped into the show show notes um, so you can um, find out all of the details there So ladies, I want to thank you for um, tuning in for another episode and yes, I will wish you a wonderful, wonderful week and I will catch you again on the next episode. Bye ladies. If you are wanting to build your own successful online coaching business, make sure to check out Freedom, Abundance and Impact, our free 10-day business and mindset course for coaches and aspiring coaches. To access, simply head to wearetheclick.com and click free course in the menu.